welcome. This is another episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast, episode 178 for your scorebooks. Um, I'm Aaron. With me, as always, Dave Fredo, other members of the Houdat Jedi Council. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, we, we were off for a week. I was in Texas helping my sister out. She had surgery. Um, so the stars at night, you know, are big and bright. Yeah. So anyway, um, but no, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of fun. Well, it wasn't fun for her, but it was just kind of fun to play with her dogs and see my sister and stuff like that. But then I, uh, came home on Friday, flew home in the morning and then played a gig at the carry that night after, well, and I worked the rest of the day and then I played a gig at the carry that night and then the next night. And so Sunday I was just kind of dead and didn't really care that the saints lost to, uh, the Vikings, but Ugh, uh, I can't. I saw that. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Um, do you guys? I know Fredo has big Thanksgiving plans because uh, he's got mm-hmm. a, a family wedding, uh, not his own wedding, but a, he has a family wedding. Uh, so everybody, send good thoughts and vibes to Fredo for dealing with family for a week. And uh, Dave, do you have any big uh, Thanksgiving plans? We usually host um, people, um, people that typically can't find other places to go, um, and sometimes some family members, etc. So uh, we usually have a pretty big dinner at our house, and we'll be doing that again. And uh, Liv just celebrated a birthday, right? Yeah, 12. Are you feeling old? 12 years old. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You see all this gray in my beard here? It literally, uh, I uh, I don't know. It's wild as to look at the pictures uh, when she's young because, like, I'm like, well, yeah, she's a baby there. That that doesn't phase me. That's it doesn't throw me off at all. But when I see myself in those pictures, <laughs> that's that's when I get like, whoa, it's, man! It's, like, you, you, I, you start looking hair. at you start looking at the just for men a little bit closer in the aisle at Target. There, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, I had dark. I had darker hair, and I had hair on top of my head. You know. So. <laughs> well, a very I, happy I birthday. Brother to all, yeah, I tell my brother all the time. You don't think time moves forward. But you have living, breathing proof that time is moving forward in the form of my nephew. Because much like Olivia, it's like they went from tiny little babies that you had to hold to now living, breathing, talking, not saw talking human beings. Yeah. So, well, and one more year till you got a teenager, Dave. So, um, my suggestion to you is to you start drinking heavily. <laughs> so, well, tonight um, we're going to be, we, we there's a load of news that we've been kind of putting off because we've been reviewing Ahsoka stuff. We've been, um, uh, we did our watch party of Return of the Jedi. So we've got a bunch of things, just kind of random stuff we're going to be talking about that's uh, in the Star Wars realm. Um, and, uh, and then we're gonna just kind of end just a little bit of a little bit of a Thanksgiving uh, reflection of uh, what we're thankful for, but not too sappy because it's more just what we're thankful for in the world of geek, uh, nerddom type stuff. So uh, yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, but first we got we have to start with trivia. We always start with trivia. So. Da-da-da-da-da. 
get my old man glasses on here. All right. Fredo, who surprises Anakin with his knowledge of the Jedi's nightmares and Padme's certain death? No, the answer is not Jar Jar Binks. That the Yoda? I don't remember. Wait, wait, say that question again. Yeah. Who surprises Anakin with his knowledge of the Jedi's nightmares and Padme's certain death? Oh. Oh, that'd be Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think Yoda went, die she will. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, yeah, you know, it's reminded, thinking of the scene where he goes to see Yoda about He's his dreams. He's talking about but, his dreams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's Palpatine. <laughs> certain death that's something that never came out of yoda's <laughs> mouth i don't think all right <clears throat> well okay dave this is a softball so aim for the fences who claims to be more powerful than the chancellor anakin they would have accepted or darth vader so okay. anakin skywalker or darth vader because he did say it after he turned so all right. <clears throat> to me, what device does Luke manage to loop around a beam in the Death Star's chasm? It's a grappling hook. I think that's the first time I've ever heard the word grappling hook or the phrase grappling hook was from that movie. So, Actually, I don't think they say it in the movie. I think it's just uh, something that's in the book. So, But it's a grappling hook. I'm right. <clears throat> easy trivia tonight yeah. kids wow yeah it was interesting i was just thinking uh there was a social media post that was going around a few days kind of taking um pictures of uh pages from the original treatment or the book adaptation of, of a new hope and just showing how much of that stuff was in there like Palpatine, the senate you know in a different format than we kind of came to yeah. know it but that it was all back there you know, I, I think I mentioned it when we were watching Return of the Jedi. I think it's <clears throat> really interesting. They they come up with new words for things. It wasn't a gun. It was a blaster. It's the first time we really heard blaster. I mean, Star Trek had phasers, right? But they called it a blaster. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it wasn't a grenade. It's like, what what, 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 what could we call this? Uh, thermal detonator? There you go. You know, what are some other, I mean... Uh, I mean, lightsaber, obviously, but what's some other things that have worked into our lexicon um, that are kind of real world things? Um, well, droid. A droid, yeah. Which apparently in those uh, pages, it said that it was supposed to be, droid was supposed to be seen as a slur against road mechanized beings. It's interesting, yeah. First one that jumped to mind for me was Padawan, which I'm not like a huge fan of, but people use that one all the time now. You you, you don't like the word mm -hmm. Padawan? That's fine. But you could just say apprentice, right? Sure. Well, yeah. remember, <laughs> what was interesting is they made, they, they said it they used I'm Padawan sorry. learner. Well, I was just going to say they use, you know, they used Apprentice, um, you know, in the original trilogy, but it was from a dark side standpoint. So I wonder if that is, I'm just making crap up right now, but I wonder if that's, you know, we can't use Apprentice because we use that coming from Palpatine. So 
let's come up with another word. But of course, you know, it's also the Jedi being so samurai-like. They had to make something that sounded Far Eastern. I don't know. <clears throat> oh, well, and you got to remember, like any up. other profession, it uh, it helps if you make up your own terminology. It makes it seem cooler. But that's just the, like I said. I just would love to be in that meeting where it's like, all right, we can't call it a gun. What should we call it? And it's like I want to see the whiteboard that has all the options. <laughs> So anyway, that's not on our agenda tonight. Um, so did it, did it, Yeah, it's a uh, news time all over the place here. Um, so go for it, Fredo. You're running the show tonight. Okay, let's see if we can drive this sucker into the ditch. Uh, or if you ever seen those videos of people who've never flown the Millennium Falcon when smugglers run and they're yelling at one another. I had Chewie yelling at me, yeah. No, turn left, turn left. <laughs> so uh, let's start at the top of the biggest news that kind of happened while we were gone, which is that after 118 days, SAG-AFTRA reached a tentative deal with the studio, so the strike is over. Or tentative because it has to be ratified, it was supposed to be ratified today by the members of SAG and AFTRA. Uh, I, ideally, from whatever report is, they're getting just about everything that the actors were looking for in their deal with the studios. There are some questions regarding AI and how that's going to be used. And you're hearing some of the other actors kind of voicing displeasure with some of the arrangements done. But uh, the reality is we they're coming, they've reached a conclusion where they go, this is probably the best deal we're going to get. And, uh, we're getting most of what we wanted. So, you know, I was listening to a podcast called pivot. It's Kara Swisher. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who her coast co-host is, but, um, <clears throat> he was, he, the co-host was talking about, um, I think there's going to be, this is going to go further when we're talking about AI. I think this is going to go further than just the actors. It's like he, his argument was basically any of us, all of us, should own the rights to our likeness, whether it's our voice or our face, you know, that we should all own that. And right now, there's not a law that says that it is ours. You know what I mean? So while it's this a is a brand new world, while you're right that the, I mean, the, the language doesn't sound like it's very definitive for the AI stuff, but it's the starting of the conversation. But I mean, his argument was that there's got to be <clears throat> probably some act of Congress that needs to say a person owns their likeness. So I don't know. What, now, do, you, what you, do you guys think about that? <clears throat> you, you can be found liable um, for taking someone's likeness without their permission, especially if you inflict some um, measurable degree of harm. Um and and so like these are these are the realities that anybody that's worked in uh, journalism or media or communications has known about for years and decades now, um, and you got some uh, tech bros now, you know, who are trying to kind of run something that they maybe don't understand fully, and it's the same deal with uh, social media and Facebook and all that when. When when all that stuff hit the hit the ground, they didn't moderate. Mm -hmm. 
and and now you're seeing that kind of they're circling back to that now again with with Twitter and X because I don't think um, their owner fully understands what he's gotten himself into. But um, you're supposed to moderate this stuff, and they didn't, and so they didn't really understand what they were getting themselves into fully with that. And it's, it's the same thing. It's, you just go down the, you know, there were trying to be disruptors, right? That's the, that's the, the phrase, the catchphrase that they love. We're going to disrupt industry. Um, and you can just go down the line, any, anything, um, ride sharing and rental properties, et cetera. You know, it's like they're <clears throat> flaunting, not, following the what what makes the the business model i use air quotes here work is that they're flaunting the rules and they're not following the rules well you know when they get to a point where they have to follow the rules the whole thing the house of cards it comes down it comes stumbling down you know the other part that they were talking about was you know obviously actors don't like the idea of using AI because it means fewer jobs for them it means fewer jobs for, you know, you know, the people who work on sets and stuff like that. So they probably don't like the volume all that much. So it's like, the question is, is that, do you, you know, do you, do you halt the progress of technology just so you can protect jobs? And I don't know where I stand on this, except for I can see the point. It's like, <clears throat> you know, we there there are plenty of jobs that are are obsolete now because of what technology has done, you know. And so I think then that spurs us to create different jobs and you know and learn new skills and stuff like that. But do you, you know, do you do you halt? You know, no, we can't have driverless cars because we need people to drive Ubers and cabs. And you know what I mean? It's it's that kind of thing. And so for a movie, you can understand where, you know, production houses are like, okay, we can we can make movies just as good, cheaper, fewer people, you know. I don't know. It's kind of an it's well, kind well, of an interesting thing. <clears throat> What I will say, though, is that we've had two examples within the last year where AI has had to be or has come, has been put to the forefront in a number of ways. One is the fact that a lot of universities have had to put in filters for plagiarism because of students using ChatGPT to just say, I want to write write me an essay on topic X, and ChatGPT just takes all the information on the internet, collates and writes something for you. It's like, well, wait a minute, you just took 10 other people's essays and just put it as your own. Uh, and then the other one, which was early this year, was a lot of people are using AI filters to kind of, oh, what would look like as anime? What would look like as Goya pictures? What would look like as this? And a lot of digital artists come out and say, well, wait a minute, AI filters, those, the, the, that AI software using is taking my art to do this art rendition of you, but I'm not seeing a cent of it. So. You're right in terms of the technology genie can be put back in the bottle, but ultimately you still rely on humans to generate the right. stuff that that software has to then you know twist and turn in order to come up with something new. Right, but we're sitting here with with decades of you know content that is stored digitally somewhere. 
you know, and, and you know, and to, to the point about, you know, like chat GPT, I just want to get on my soapbox a little bit there. It's like, if you uh, know, what I would, when I was working with teachers, it's like, okay, if technology, if, <clears throat> if a kid can create, you know, do this thing with a piece of technology, then maybe you need to change the assignment what? to be something other than, you know what I mean? But, um, so that's what I'm saying though. It's like when, with what you have to look at what the technology is and then, I mean, do these roles, jobs to be done, everything, maybe they don't make sense anymore and we need these, you discover new ones. Dave looks like he wants to jump in. Yeah, no, I mean, I think like that's, that's, that's one side of the coin. Like that, yeah, things are always going to be evolving. Technology is always going to be coming along. People's jobs will change, become obsolete. People will have to adjust. Oh, well, what happened? Well, who's going to run the AI program and right. make sure that it's not spitting out nonsense, right? And uh, quality control things, you know, like there, there will still be editors. These things, these sorts of jobs will still be there. Sure. Um, but like, I, you know, I go, I, I, where I'm at with it on the forefront of this is that it is pulling all of this material from the web right now that doesn't belong right. to yeah. it. And you're going to just see just mountains of lawsuits to try to figure all this stuff out over the next several years. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to fall on the side of the creators every time. That's what we're doing right here is like we're sitting here and we're trying to create uh, entertainment for people. And uh, yeah, Which, my whole job, my, my career is based around creativity. So, yeah. Which brings me to my other point. I'm going to I had I had another point I wanted to make, but just listen to the pivot podcast from this the most recent episode because I had another good point. Um, but I want to move on to another one that I was thinking about that's related to this. Um, and again, making no judgment, I just found it interesting that some of the podcasts that I listened to, some stopped recording and producing content during the, during the strike in a show of solidarity to the actors. Others kept recording and would, um, at the beginning of their episode, always say, hey, sag after have said that it's okay to do this, you know, but we stand with the actors and all this other stuff. Um, so I don't know. We, we never had that conversation between the, the three of us, you know, should we, we're, we're all on the actor side, you know? Um, and to Dave's point about, you know, protect, protecting content and what I was talking about, protecting likenesses, all that stuff makes total sense. Um, do you think we had a moral obligation to cease recording during, you know, during that strike again, not casting judgment on anybody. Um, cause that was their decision, but I just, I'm like wondering if we should have or not. I don't know. The line in the sand that I have is, are you relying on, uh, right? Paid writers or paid actors? Because those are the groups who were affected in, in this situation. Um, and I remember Drew Barrymore got into a lot of hot water because she was going to like continue with her show. She relies on writers and yet she was going to go forward. Bill Maher did the same thing. Um, and then they got shouted down. Um, and 
shamed into not doing that eventually. And uh, I think like that's the ultimately the difference. Plus, we're we're doing this for free. Like honestly, we're not getting any sort of money out of this deal. We're just true. But you know, just to play little devil's advocate here, we were promoting mm-hmm. Disney's content for a good eight weeks. You know, at when and by the way, that's been the nice thing in the last day or so is seeing, you know, Rosario Dawson's pictures from the set or you know, um, yeah, uh, Bordisa, yeah, everybody's or, stuff. Uh, yeah, but, Ivana, but like Ivana I said, Sakno, yeah. no, we're, we weren't making, we're not making money and we weren't making money and we, you know, but we were still promoting a production houses stuff. I'm just playing. I take advocate. your point. Yeah. I take your point. The devil's advocate thing. I get it. I just like stirring the but pot. I also, the strikers themselves also said, please keep, watching these shows and please keep going to the movies and so that's what you do you yeah. keep going and you keep talking like i said that's just yeah, the thing. I, was, I found it i found it interesting when i was like um uh, mm-hmm. you know i saw like i said this podcast that we're back and it was like oh my gosh okay they took you know they weren't recording during the strike fredo yeah no just from my from my two cents and, and I, I think everybody had to find kind of their own position within it if we thought uh, we had any kind of impact whatsoever, <laughs> I would have been in favor. Yeah, exactly. Look, look, I'm being honest. If if I thought we were doing, you know, Star Wars Underground or uh, we're doing one of those IGN super podcasts or something on Vulture or or Entertainment Weekly level, I'd have been like, you know what? Maybe we need to pause because, yeah, we can show solidarity. And look, that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody you know if, if you did by all means you, know, you don't have to be at that level to say i want to stand with the actors i'll stand with the creators i don't think we should do this everybody's line tends to be a little bit different you know uh for me i still think of this very much as coming in and talking about stuff i like with friends so i don't you know whether we did it here recorded or we did that we just did it at a pub it's still gonna happen so uh i'm okay with us having continued uh but still doing what they said like they've said we're still watching the shows we're still enjoying the shows we're hoping that people are watching the shows and you know in all that discussion about the uh about the ratings for ahsoka we never did take into consideration maybe a lot of people are deciding not to watch it until the strike is over so all right mm-hmm. um well so Which, i think I, th- yeah. I think this might get into your your next uh uh story mm-hmm. point here um, but I do want to say, I, I, like I said, I didn't realize how much I missed like people's Instagram photos of behind the scenes stuff for, like yeah. I said, the Ahsoka during the Ahsoka thing. I didn't realize how much I missed that. Um, and so it's been really refreshing the last couple of days, but, um, <clears throat> you know, okay. So your, your second, your second point here about the strike. Yeah. The second point about the strike is that now, now that the strike is unofficially over, we are going to see a major reshuffle in a lot of product coming out of Hollywood. Like the first big announcement that came out is this one, which is that Disney confirmed that the only MCU movie we will get next year is Deadpool 3, which I believe is coming out sometime in July. Uh, yeah, July 26th. Everything else, the new Captain America movie uh, with New uh, Orleans own Anthony Mackie's in the starting role. As we, and as well as the Thunderbolts has been pushed to 2025. And I would imagine that they're not the only 
arm of the Disney giant that's going to be having to redraw their entire uh, slate of releases just because they, you know, if they went from having no product, now they're going to have too much. And we've seen that having too much is just as bad an effect as not enough. Well, the thing is that they have too much of a backlog now. Um, mm -hmm. So they had to prioritize some things. Um, so, so along the lines of this, the way, what, what the strike affected, you know, we, we talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago about um, how Ahsoka's numbers were down. Um, and just recent Marvel's just came out on Thursday and they're saying it was the lowest Thursday release of a MCU movie, blah, 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 blah. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and, but in those reports, they don't stop to even consider <clears throat> that when I'm watching TV uh, and a commercial comes on, I'm changing the channel most likely. If I'm on YouTube and an ad comes on, once that five second ticker, nothing makes me happier than the five second ticker. So I can skip through that ad now. So how many ads for the Marvels did people just skip? They are far more likely if they see Brie Larson's Instagram post of her talking with Jimmy Fallon or, you know, um, this act, you know, an, like I said, the actor talking about it, then that's going to get, they're going to listen to that because they, you know, we always like to pay attention to our celebrities. So I wonder how much, you know, the strike affected Ahsoka's numbers because they couldn't do any promotion for it. The Marvel's opening numbers because all they had was the ads. I don't know. Makes sense to me. Only because they're yeah, No, no, no. Particularly in today's day and age. And this is one of the difficulties that, uh, a lot of the studios, which are still functioning of the old mindset of, okay, you spend so much on a movie and then you spend so much on a promotional campaign that involves trailers, ads, TV spots. They're like, okay, we're going to put some stuff online or whatever. But what's happening now is that for a lot of people, what sells is not even the movie or the project is the actor. It's seeing Florence Pugh cooking on YouTube or it's following name your favorite actor on TikTok and seeing them do something silly. And uh, that's what connects with people and that's what gets people to go, you know, I'm going to go see their new movie. It's out right now. They're promoting. I'm going to go see and support. And that, you can't buy that. And, you know, for the last three months, that has not existed for any project for it. I know. So that's, which is why a lot of thinkers were just picking them down the road. That, I don't think I have it in me to go see a movie on Thursday night. Just, I don't. Anyway. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, as we saw, it wasn't just Thursday night that the, that no. the movie did poorly. It, it, the whole weekend, they, it didn't do as well um, as they were hoping, but um, there's a lot going on with that if you want really want to unpack it there's there's so much fanboy yeah not man uh, baby I didn't even, anger going yeah, I didn't on mention the incels yeah that's <clears throat> yeah there's so much of that with that one um i think there's superhero fatigue at this point i think that it's proven out um if you look at all the major releases this year the i think the only ones that did okay were spider-man uh and guardians Mm -hmm. And pretty much every other superhero movie didn't do as well as they were hoping. So, 
Um, well, Fredo and I were talking yeah, about just, this before you came on. <clears throat> uh, again, they kind of mentioned on Pivot said um, the Marvel movies have grown a little stale. Still enjoy them, but they've been they've grown a little formulaic and stale. And which I said that I think in some ways the difficulty here is is you know I'll sound to Aaron that when you used to not get any not just a superhero movie but think of when you didn't get any Star Wars any kind of Star Wars you got was amazing oh Caravan of Courage nom 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 oh Droids <laughs> TV show nom 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 you know you know video game book you consumed it because it was so rare it was like an oasis in a desert now you're going from ocean to ocean it's so much content out there so many iterations that you get to be picky and you get to be choosy and i was and also whiny. making the example yeah. of Aaron's like yeah but i was also making the example to Aaron of think of your favorite band and think how much you love them now think how tired you get if i played their albums every day of the week for an entire week like i don't care who you love at some point you'd be like put anything else on the radio i don't care what it is so that fatigue kind of comes into that aspect of, or that staleness of, okay, we've seen it. It's going to end in a big battle in the third act. Okay. Maybe this is something that Disney and the Kevin uh, Feige and the MCU have to go in and, and try to sort out what they're not doing right. Or maybe just simply redesign some of the stuff. Now, the key thing here is, is knowing how to do that. And the two examples that you gave that were successful, Dave, are, movies where the character the big final act was not the point of the story the characters were people connected with miles morales people connected with gwen stacy people connected with rocket and Groot and uh, star lord and those connections between the fans and the characters are the ones that keep that interest alive you know whether whether they're succeeding or failing i mean to your point um I mean, I can, there's a lot of these stories that we're talk, supposed to be talking about today sort of tie in with one another. And I'm, I'm thinking like the Feige bullet point at this point might be a good oh, transition. Move, move right to it. By the way, I want to say oh, I, yeah. I can't wait to see the Marvels. We just don't have time yet to see the Marvels. So, I mean, just life got in the way there. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah, I wanted to go see it, but work got in the way last weekend and this weekend. So, uh, yeah, so next bullet point. So last weekend was a premiere of the Marvels and Kevin Feige was on the red carpet and Entertainment Weekly is talking to him and in the middle of all that towards the end of the interview they asked himself point blank is your Star is your Star Wars movie happening remember he was supposed to be producing a movie a Star Wars movie and he flat out said no point blank no there is it is not happening at all which and I don't believe on him one hand, because because uh, Qui-Gon Jinn wasn't supposed to be in Obi-Wan Kenobi either so Liam Neeson said but no. I, I, I don't believe anybody who says no when it comes to Star Wars. So I will still put $20 down that he ends up doing a Star Wars movie. But anyway, go ahead. That's just me being dumb. No, but, but no, 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 no. Because there, there is some there is some past history to that. The only reason I'm willing to believe him is just because kind of what we said about the superhero fatigue, the poor numbers that everything from uh, uh, the Marvels to Loki to all the other products and that, that backlog of work that, that they have. have, yeah, yeah, and, and all this other stuff has got to sort out. So you know, Disney has spent billions of dollars building up the MCU, building up the Marvel brand. And Kevin Feige is the guy who oversees all that. This is not the moment they're going to go. 
take a take a six month break, go go to live your Star Wars dreams. They're gonna be like, no, go back on the horse. I need that horse and do what you need to do. So so we get so this is back to making billion dollar movies. The uh, I I can just do. You... He's gonna burn out this guy, right? Like you can ask him to do a Star Wars movie on top of all of these shows, and like the quality is dipped, right? Like that's my whole thing right now. It's not like that anything's terrible, but like whereas everything was kind of like at a level for a long time for me personally, like now it's more like a B, and I feel like things are slipping through the cracks. Um, some of the show, the the shows are sort of hit and miss at times, and and there nice. there are moments within the shows that like did that. Did that really get approval from from an executive before it went out? And then there are other things where you're like, oh, that was definitely a studio note that came down because, like, what, why else would they have done that? Um, they're not, like, it, it felt effortless for a while. It felt like they mm -hmm. just knew what they had and they understood their product and they gave people what they wanted and now it doesn't feel like that anymore well it's and what, i think like that it's because you're doing so much and that's what i asked a couple weeks ago i asked a couple weeks ago would you rather have really good star wars years apart from each other or a lot of mediocre star wars you know it's i think what you're that's kind of what you're getting to that mm -hmm. we've gotten a lot of marvel stuff and it's starting to become mediocre because it's so much. If I hear you correctly, and just and just to kind of uh, bring that point home, I mean, so Deadpool three comes out next year. We already said there's a Captain America movie that got pushed back to 2025, and a Thunderbolts movie that are pushed 2025. In essence, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight officially announced movies supposed to come out between next year and 2027. Now, a lot of that's going to shift, a lot of that's going to change. You know, that doesn't include certain sequels that they know they got to make. It doesn't include bringing in the X-Men, which they know that's a plane they got to land at some point because that's going to be the next kick in the backside to the MCU. But the reality is, you know, when you're talking about this, imagine just having the work of producing, overseeing, eight different movies with eight different production teams, eight different directors, and making sure that it all fits seamlessly. Because that's really what Kevin Feige's kind of overall goal is, that all this works together. That's the selling point. It's a multiverse. It's a shared universe. Uh, that's a lot to take and a lot to do. And in the middle of that shoving a Star Wars movie, when Disney's having a heck of a time figuring out what they're going to do with Star Wars in a the movie theater, it's kind of unfair and unrealistic. So the fact of the matter is that something was going to give and this is what gave. Would you, I mean, sort of like dovetailing off of Aaron's question, right now, would you rather be a Star Wars fan or would you rather be an MCU Marvel fan? Honestly, of the two, I probably would pick Star Wars because Star Wars, at least there, there's a sense of where things kind of are in there's an opportunity for things to kind of branch out in new and exciting ways. This is the downside of the massive plan 
that we got announced of, of, of the way that the MCU is kind of functioned is that whereas before, oh my God, we're leading to the Avengers or, oh my God, at some point Thanos is going to come out. They told us what they plan to do. We know we're going to end up at uh, Secret Wars. We know which other movies are going to come out. So in some ways, while they got that initial from the fans, now you, it's almost like, well, you've already shown me my Christmas present. What else do you got? Right. And uh, right now, we don't know what our Christmas present is from Uncle Star Wars. We know what our Christmas present is from Uncle Kevin Feige. So to the <clears throat> to the next story point, because this kind of dovetails into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is very well put together, Fredo. Um, so... So, I have to think I know what I'm doing, but I, sometimes I don't. So so talk about this one and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so a few weeks back, uh, Matthew Vaughn was uh, doing interviews. Uh, he's the guy who directed both X-Men First Class as well as the Kingsman franchise, which, fun movies. So, obviously, they asked him to about doing a Star Wars movie. He's a really smart guy, really good director, it's worked really well. His quote was, for me, doing a Star Wars movie is to play with characters that I love. If they said to me, do you want to reboot Star Wars and actually have Luke, Han, Vader, and do your version of it? Everyone you say you're an idiot to try, but that would excite me. And his final line was, why are characters so hallowed that from 1977 on, you can't redo it for a new audience? So his plan is reboot Star Wars. I I think I said it a couple I hate reboots. Um, I think, I think reboots, uh, I don't know. It, I just, I just hate them. And yes, there is something hallowed about those. I don't want you touching those. And so make something else up. Um, that's where I'm at with star Wars is that I want, I want new, new stories. Um, yeah, no, I, I just hate reboots. So. And I think, and they even bring up the, in the article in uh, Hollywood Reporter now, when they recast uh, Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, they had their worst box office return because everybody in the back of their head is going, God, "That's still not why." That's not that's not why. That's such an easy thing for people to reach for that it was Alden Ehrenreich's fault that that Solo did poorly. I'm not, and I was the one person saying, who was saying, I've been on this saying over and over again, no, you cannot recast Han Solo if it happens post Return of the Jedi or between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. Certainly having a new actor prior to A New Hope makes total sense because yes, those characters are hallowed to me. It's like, you know, my, you know, my my brother is my brother. You can't just bring another person in and say, this is your brother. This isn't days of our lives. So you can't. It, so, yeah, I'm sorry. But but to your point, the, my point was that wasn't me who said that. What it was Kathleen Kennedy who said, we can't do something with Luke Skywalker that isn't Mark Hamill. We're not going to suddenly go try to do that. So there was almost a recognition from within Lucasfilm that there was some pushback about the idea of, Han Solo, who wasn't Harrison Ford. Now, what's interesting is I think he we're becomes okay easily maybe... an scapegoat from them making no. some really poor internal decisions. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm coming to Alvin Aaron Reich's defense here, but I mean because I didn't know who he was until he played Han Solo. But I, I think they're covering their butts because I think I think Lucasfilm dropped the ball big time with that movie, and it wasn't because they cast Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo or had Han Solo in it. 
Nobody got mad mm-hmm. about Chewbacca. He was recast. But, but was Chewbacca <laughs> was on. I, I don't know why we're talking about Solo now at this point, but like... Traitor <laughs> <laughs> got me fired up. Um, well, clearly where they went wrong with that movie was the director choice, which seemed like it would make sense at the outset, but then they got into it and it wasn't working. And then they had to reshoot everything and spend way more money. And then like, their release schedule, I think, was a problem. But I don't know. We've gone over that. Um, rebooting Matthew Star Wars. Vaughn, though. Yeah. Rebooting. I don't want it. And I, I mean, like, I really, really don't want it. But would I watch it? <laughs> I would watch it. Now, let me ask you. His point, though, was because you're the one here with kids. Um, so his point was introduce those characters to a new audience. Do you think your kids would enjoy Star Wars any more if it wasn't if it was somebody other than the Han, Luke, Leia and Vader that you knew? I mean, I think he was probably referring to introducing new viewers who haven't already been affiliated with or familiarized with the series yet. I think that's probably what he meant by that. Um, And so my kids, like they've already watched all the movies, they've grown attached to everybody and these actors. And I think it might be a little weird for them. They'd probably roll with it, but I don't know. Like, but like for me personally i don't like it but i also feel like if it were to happen i would i wouldn't have the s fit that i would have had 5 years ago um or even 2 years ago i mean like I'm giving maybe it's I'm coming more to terms with my own mortality. Eventually I'm going to die. You know, it's like this, the series will move on Way to bring the show down. Uh, I won't, (laughs) I won't be here. Send flowers. Um, It's just, it needs to have a future that isn't tied to 50 year old men. And um, is that retelling the original story? I don't think that's necessary. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's even a good idea. But I don't think it's really a good business model either. Um, Star Trek showed us that you can take those same characters, recast them, and tell a fresh story. If they didn't try to tell us the same exact story, said, so, well, here's a new story. And it worked. It was good. And some longtime Star Trek fans didn't like it. Um, but it, it, it for, for roughly half a decade to a decade there, it breathed new life into Star Trek. Whereas Star Trek was like running on fumes there at that point. It was it was bad. And so it worked for them. I don't so know. You, so you 
here would be my question, and you know, because I agree with you. In essence, I, you know, it's it's like uh, much the same way they talk about Bob Semeckis always says you'll never get me to approve rebooting Back to the Future. Which thank you, Lord, because those movies are a time capsule of their time and should not be adapted for a new generation. They exist for lower. What if you could reboot, if only to better integrate the overall saga? which I mean, you could have Ahsoka in there. You could introduce ideas that were introduced later on, but, you know, after they, you know, because those movies were made, and just as we said, there was a lot of ideas that were floating around uh, um, that were already existed, but they weren't included in the movie. Maybe you could have An Empire Strikes Back where maybe, you know, Yoda's talking about Ahsoka and whatever, or you could integrate some of the old Cold War stuff in, or you could have better understanding. You know, you have Leia not say, I remember my mother, and everybody goes, okay, they didn't really mean what they were talking about. So if you could, quote unquote, fix those continuity errors, but with that, See, you know, by doing a better integration, or you thing. get into the George Lucas hole then at that point. There's the thing. Fix. And because, every, because there are more, you know, it's it's affordable to buy your own camera and software and stuff like this. And so people, we have this mentality of, I need to fix this because I didn't like it. You know, I, and I just, it, it, that, that part bothers me. It's like, if you don't like the book, then, you know, give it away, sell it or something. You don't have to read it again. You don't have to fix it. Nobody's asking you to rewrite a book. You know, don't rewrite Great Gatsby. You know, it's like just it's it's written. If you don't like it, then put it on the shelf and forget about it. What bothers me also is that there seems to be a lack of original, just a, a lack of creativity in a lot of our art forms. It's like it there's some there's some lazy movie making where I'm gonna I'm gonna reboot name a movie. Uh, because it, that, I mean, so you're, you're tweaking things and you're, but you're telling the same story and it's kind of like in musicals, it's like they're writing musicals that where they're not having to write any new music. It's just, I'm going to play, you know, we're just going to, well, we just saw MJ. It was a, it was a great musical. It told a good story, but they were playing Michael Jackson music. It was just arrangements of it. So there was no, it was, the story was, was interesting, but the music, there was no origin, there was nothing original there. And that's one of the fun things about musical theater is that to see something new, something it's like, you know, created from nothing into this glorious thing. It's the same thing with movies. And I don't, I, I, I guess if it was a reboot of something, I have yet to see the, I have nothing against, you know, an all female cast for Ghostbusters, but I had no interest in going to see the reboot of Ghostbusters, you know, it was just, I just didn't, you know? So if there was a reboot yeah. for star Wars, yeah, I would probably throw an S fit and I would probably pout about it and I wouldn't want to go see it. And I'd probably end up watching it like five, seven, 10 years later, like I did with clone wars. Um, but it bothers me. Like I said, a, the, I want to fix that. You know, it's like the people who fixed the Vader Obi-Wan fight, you know, in a new hope. Okay, that yeah, that was cool, but you know, 
the fact that it bothered you so much that you have to fix it. It's just like, just let it be. And if you want to impress me, create something brand new. Anyway, off my soapbox. Yeah, like that's what I said. That very much like George Lucas is he was the original. I still can't fix it. I need to go back and fix this. Yeah, well, I yeah. was meant for for Greedo to uh, for Han to agree uh, to shoot first. I, well, I yeah. I none of us were huge fans of the of him doing that, right? Like, leave the movies alone, right? But um, you know, it's an interesting topic because we have. Uh, I'm reminded when we had Alex Rawls on, and he talked about uh, Christmas music and how you're reinterpreting these same songs over and over and over again, and it's the reinterpretation that gives it new life. Oh, this artist has a particular take. Um, they're going to do put their own stamp on it or try to be traditional with it, but just, you know, shift things slightly here and there. Um, and I'd argue that's kind of where we're at with Star Wars already. Every time a new movie comes out, it's essentially just, well, we're doing a Star Wars movie, but we're going to change this, you know, and instead of this little thing, we're going to do this thing. And, oh, you know, we're going to rhyme, you know, the rhyming of the, of the trilogies. And um, it's a deliberate choice to continue to give us something that we can connect to because they have a built-in audience that they're trying to keep coming back and buying stuff. And so the idea is make it familiar enough to where you don't scare everyone away, but still give them something that they'll part with their money over. And like this idea of a reboot is basically that um, it's, it's, it would be a retelling and it would be, there'd be, a million winks and nods over the course of it, you know, um, it would be so self-referential that your head would be spinning by the end of it, just trying to count all the references. But I think like, I go back to this Star Trek, a movie, a uh, series of films, which again, if you watch those, they were a drastic departure and they were lively. Um, and I don't know if lively in and of itself is enough of a selling point for something, but I don't know for me where the guy who's watching another Marvel property come out and is like, okay, there's another one. All right. I got to watch this thing and trudge through it. And maybe by the end of it, I'll be entertained and like it, but maybe not. Um, and I don't know, there's something to be said for just like, okay, we're going to reinvigorate ourselves. So now I don't want it to happen. No, no, no. <laughs> to be a hundred percent clear. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. But this brings, it. this brings back to my, my, my question of, do you, would you rather have star Wars, you know, spread out or a bunch of star Wars happening? That was my fear with Disney plus and all the shows that it, I remember saying that on this show, it's like, I don't want it to become like, you know, 
here's another Star Wars thing. And like you said, it becomes stale. So I would rather them pump the brakes on some things. And I know, okay, I'm going to die one day too, Dave. And I'm not going to be able to see all the Star Wars that, that would, is created. And that's fine. And, you know, I, so I don't want them to cram it all in, you know, in the next 50 years. Um, let it, let it go. But I also, you know, it, but if you start running out of ideas, then maybe it's time for the band to break up. Yeah. And I think that's maybe it's the... time for the Jedi to die. You know, it's like <laughs> if, if you, if you run out of ideas, then maybe instead of, well, let's just remake our first album. It's like, you know what? No, we're done here. So, and maybe I just said what we need to do. We may move on to the next point, but Fredo, if you want to make mm-hmm. your parting shot here, I can't yeah, believe no, no. I just and said and it actually, was time for actually Star Wars it'll to lead die. into the next one. Uh, just simply that a lot of times it's surprising where that next burst of creativity of originality comes from. We don't know where that, you know, it's not like, you know, you lock creative people in a room and magic pours out, you know, sometimes you get great stuff, sometimes you don't. And a lot of times Star Wars is the best example of something where magic happened by accident. Because it wasn't, you know, we've known the story that nothing happened along the way that worked according to plan. And they fixed a lot of it in the editing room and then, while well, we got on the screen, it looked like it was perfect, and everybody went, "Oh, make another one of those." And it's like, well, you can't really replicate this. This, you know, this is alchemy. Uh, but to, to the next point, uh, just mention right quick: uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the video game, uh, was nominated for two awards at the upcoming The Game Awards, which is December seventh. Uh, Best Action Adventure Game, and Cameron Monaghan, the actor who does the motion capture and the performance the did you know the actual performance for cal Kestis was nominated for best performance in the video game so it's interesting because don't think you guys either played uh jedi, jedi fallen order or jedi survivor but it's it's an interesting story detailing within that period between revenge of the sith and rebels a new hope the idea of you know fallen jedi and seeing a step ahead of the empire and trying to you know undo a lot of the evil and it's it's a diff it's a different aspect and this is where different storytelling media can tell you help you to tell a story in a way which engages and connects with people but it doesn't necessarily require thousands of us to come sit down in front of a screen for two and a half hours it's a fair point but also like i might counter that like video game budgets at this point are like major blockbuster mm-hmm. big time <laughs> So there's a lot yeah. of investment in there either way. Well, and there's um, uh, and there's also a lot of, I mean, for, investment. It, there, well, there's there's a lot of investment on the buyer as well. I mean, dropping mm-hmm. fifteen dollars to go watch the new Star Wars movie, or dropping what sixty seventy five dollars for the new so, Star Wars, you know, video game. Um, sometimes that can kind of like you said make it hard to swallow and kind, of, and kind of like you said you know finding time to go get out to go see a movie can be difficult now you know the movie's two and a half hours bending the time to 20 30 whatever hours it's going to be for you to finish i don't think action adventure games tend to be on the, about the 10 hour mark and not it's convoluted as something like Baldur's gate 3 or uh, Skyrim or anything like that open world uh, kind of video game 
but still, I mean, it's a time commitment that a lot of people just can't give, and it's understandable. And but it's surprising that you know, just as you have the High Republic line doing books, which by the way, uh, hi Daniel Jose Holder, uh, who uh, guy seems to be getting no sleep as he's promoting the next phase of that, but also you're now getting video games using uh, as a story medium, a story form media, which is pretty good. Uh, but it's interesting. It's it's now they're recognizing that the, you know, think back like 30, 35 years ago, the actors doing the motion capture for the, for the first Mortal Kombat, where it was just dudes, just kind of girls, just kind of moving left and right and then perk out, dodge kind of thing. And now you're getting actors I like, emoting i like how you said you went mortal Kombat, and i'm thinking you, you never played asteroids did you son <laughs> no 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 but, I'm, no but that's different that's the household created i mean like like i'm talking i'm talking actual getting a human being in front of a front of a camera and filming their motion okay. and then yeah, using okay. a computer program to recreate that you know particularly when you have to recreate them punching their somebody's head off kind of hard to replicate uh by the Mike, way, Mike, awesome, an awesome more. video game that I have for my Xbox is um, Mortal Kombat versus DC. Just so you know, <laughs> that's fun. Anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we got to get you the new Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 1, you know, where you, where you can do the fatalities and the brutalities. And uh, it's kind of interesting. You know, you, you, if you like the word visceral, you might like it. Uh, moving on right quick. Uh, do you have a million pounds? If I did, I would buy you, any Dave? of the things on this. If I did, I would go nuts on these things. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah. So, Anthony Daniels, who, of course, everybody knows, plays C-3PO, uh, is parting company with items from his personal collection via uh, Auctioneer Prop Store for starting this Thursday. So, that would be uh, Thursday, November 16th. Uh, included in that auction is the famous gold helmet that he wore on A New Hope which is going to sell up for an estimated 1 million pounds, British pounds, uh, sterling. Uh, he says he had realized he had these items and that, you know, they're, you know, they're not really being looked after and he just wanted to part with them so that other people can cherish them and display them. So he's putting nearly 200 items up for sale at an auction. That includes parts of the c 3 view costume, grips, including the script for like Return of the Jedi, uh, even parts of the Millennium Falcon. So, like he's talking about scraps from Han Solo's beloved ship could sell for a total of nine thousand pounds. This annotated script from Empire could sell for a thousand pounds, and uh, that that was a script that he used in the recording studio when he's dubbing his lines. And then uh, he says uh, he does still have some memorabilia, including the le- the small Lego brick of C three PO that came after he did the Star Wars Lego film. He's keeping that. But he said that uh, there's some stuff he's going to take. Uh, but a lot of, like, funny, they're saying, like, in, during Rise of Skywalker, they're like, feel free to take whatever you want of the set. And he's like, Dude, I got enough. I got enough from all these movies because he's been in every single one of them. So, uh, yeah, starting on Thursday, if you're interested in uh, going up for grabs and see what, what memorabilia you can get from Anthony Daniels, he's, he'll sell you something. I would, like, I yeah, if I... <laughs> I, if if I had a million dollars, uh, yeah, I would uh, I would totally buy one of these things. So, um, I have a friend in the five hundred first who was friends with uh, um, 
Peter Mayhew. And he actually got to hold and flip through Peter Mayhew's A New Hope script. How cool would that be? I mean, I'd probably, mm-hmm. I'd probably pay money just to be able to do that. But, um, no, that's, uh, that'd be some cool stuff. So. Did he tell you how he was keeping it safe and protected? Like, I can't imagine he's just here, tucking it across the room. I, I didn't, we didn't get into that, no. But. I, I would, uh, I would almost decline. <laughs> like, oh my God, my greasy fingerprints <laughs> on this priceless script. I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't feel like I was worthy. I would, I would do the whole Wayne and Garth thing. Uh, so last bit of news, uh, this one's local. Uh, if you do want to uh, meet a Star Wars actor, uh, Amanis Fandy, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, will be coming to Fan Expo New Orleans. So if you want to ask him where Ezra's been and what he's been doing and uh, what's he going to do next, well, he's coming up. He's going to be in town. Yeah, that was kind of a, you know, they're the way they've got their guests, it's just... I mean, first of all, I think Katie Sackoff is is here this year because she was supposed to be here last year um, or mm-hmm. this this past one. So I'm guessing she's probably making up some contractual thing. Um, but that just seemed – all the rest of them, they seem like they're coupling in Daredevil. Um, I think there's some Terminator stuff. You know, they've got some charmed actors. They got some – and then, yeah, then him. <laughs> it's kind of yeah it, i mean it, it's cool but i mean it's like you know mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it was just kind of weird but uh but uh, but also thinking part i mean it's part of what we're bringing it back to the start the fact that uh uh the, the sag after strike is over there's a lot of these actors who need to get themselves back out there and look you know the life of an actor is very much the life of a shark you keep moving and you keep eating you know you know, you don't worry about what you just did. You got to worry about what you're doing next. And so for a lot of them, this is a way to continue promoting themselves and making sure that fan bases don't forget about them. And I don't think anybody's forgetting about any of these actors. But it's also a good way to also connect with that fan base because that's how you promote. You know, when you're selling yourself to the studio, cast me in your movie, cast me in your TV show. It's not just, hey, you're casting me who is a quality actor. You're casting me who's bringing 20 million Instagram followers and 15 million TikTok followers and all these people who are going to be excited to see me in your production and promoting it. I'm going to go out and see it or going to stream it or going to tune into it. So this is all part of the uh, of the machine in a way for them to keep themselves uh, employed and active. I, uh, I just hope that... It hit with too many uh, serious geek core questions because he's relatively new to to uh, yeah. this whole thing. Look, 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 look. He knew what he signed up for. <laughs> he's going to Fan Expo New Orleans. He knew what he signed up for. You know, we'll we, we just, we just start playing Fortunate Son for him as he's leaving. <laughs> Well, Dave, your uh, your alarm like uh, came at the perfect time. So uh, let's uh, let's end this with just uh, going around the horn. What are you thankful for in the world of geekdom, nerddom, whatever? Uh, so, Dave, we'll start with you. 
I mean, the first thing that really came to mind for me was uh, Ahsoka. Um, and uh, I know I'm a broken record about that at this point, but it, I thought it was just so well done. Uh, the production value was incredibly high. Uh, the performances were spot on. I thought the story was coherent and, and good. Um, I really liked um, where we ended up with it and that it wasn't necessarily going to be uh, a story about Ahsoka, but that it eventually became one. Um, I think by the time we got to the end of it, it's like, yes, this is Ahsoka. Um, and this is the point. Like, she has to grow. And she did. Um, I just really liked it. And I was really thankful for it. And I really hope we get more. Um, I don't know if we will. But but that, you know, that's number one on my list. Um, did uh, Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the easy yeah. way out and, and dovetail mm-hmm. on that. Um, remind did did Andor come out this year? It was last, last year. Fall. It was last year. Okay, but this year we had we had Kenobi, we had Mando season uh, three, season three, yeah, Mando season three, and uh, Ahsoka. And I'm just going the, the Star Wars Disney Plus stuff is just it's more than I had hoped for. I had hoped for they. I mean, they have not let me down. Um, and I've just, I'm really, that's being, it, it's like I said, it's when I was worried about it becoming Star Trek, it hasn't. So, um, that's something I'm thankful for in my geekdom is that this is, I'm just grateful that it's so good. And I know people had their problems with Kenobi. People had their problems with, you know, the Mando season. I, I, I just, I wasn't there with them. I, I enjoyed all of them wonderfully. Yeah, I think my first thing that I mentioned I was thankful for is actually Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. Just because it was, I mean, it's surprising. As an original trilogy fan like you guys, I didn't really, I mean, I remember the prequels very well. And I remember going, okay, they're all right. And obviously, I remember Ewan McGregor being one of the best things about them. But I didn't realize how much of a connection I'd done with this character separate from uh, Alec Guinness as Ben. This was such a wonderful return to that character, really wonderful return to that period, uh, done in such a different way. I love this uh, relationship with uh, Leia. The fact that we got that as a as a canon thing now is wonderful. Uh, having more Jimmy Smith is always good in my life. Having Hayden come back as both Anakin as well as Vader, I think in so many ways, and you know, it kind of gives me hope that maybe at some point the fans that have been so up in arms against quote unquote Disney Star Wars, you know, as they grow up, they, you know, and the, the properties move forward in time and these actors eventually come around into the fold, that they'll realize, no, there was good stuff there as well. And maybe we just needed to get off our, you know, get off our own dang lawns and just accept that there's good stuff here and that uh, it's enjoyable and fun. I'll push my glasses up my nose on on uh, on that. As, like Kenobi was last year as well, but uh, okay. Well, I'm still, I'm still I'm still putting it in there. It was it was a, <laughs> it was a year ago May. It was a year ago May. Well, okay. So I yeah. I, st- oh. I still am thankful for the Disney Plus content for Star Wars. So that's it. So, yeah. yeah yeah. No, yeah, it's exactly. been great. I'm in the same I'm in the same boat as you guys. Um, I guess. 
you could quibble over some of it and certain aspects of it that you would like to see different. Um, I, I'm still mad that we don't have a movie, a, like a tangible movie that we can wrap our arms around and say like, yes, this is for sure happening and it's soon. Um, so I'm disappointed in that, but like, yeah, like these shows have been, they've been really good. Don't forget Star Wars Vision season two. That was fun stuff. So let's yeah, uh... see. I liked it too. No, I was going to say also, uh, you know, just right quickly, I, I really enjoyed um, getting into some of the High Republic stuff. Uh, they're doing good, you know, and I kind of understand, look, you know, we, talk, we joke about the summer reading, but I think I'm really enjoying where they're going with that aspect. I can't wait to see what they do with the Acolyte with it because it's a different, again, it's a different kind of Star Wars while still being Star Wars. And I, and I think that's one of the things that I'm really becoming more appreciative of, of it. Like Star Wars Jedi Survivor, different from the High Republic book, but they both exist in the same universe and they both have uh, reasons for being there. And I think that's one of those things that I've really enjoyed this year, particularly as I needed it. Well, you all can let us know what you're thankful for in your world of geekdom. It doesn't have to be Star Wars. We all took Star Wars, so um, it's the way it is. Well, if you uh, want to, I can throw but, uh, something else. I can throw something else that's not in there. Well, it's almost bedtime. Uh, so it's, gonna... it's almost bedtime. So it's, okay, uh... yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, hit us up on hit us up on social media, and I'll let you know what happens. Yeah, and hey, maybe uh, we'll do our uh, f- f- my favorite things yeah, uh, episode will. for I Christmas think, again. I think we need to mm-hmm. absolutely. We always have to. We always do. But uh, cool. Well, until our next episode, because um, I think we're going to be taking a week off for uh, Thanksgiving. So, uh, but until we see you next time, we'll say who dat. Who dat? Who dat? Everybody have a great week and happy Thanksgiving. My clunky.